Hello, welcome to Office Hours, the official podcast of the You're More Than Your Follower Count podcast network. My name is Ashton Staniszewski. I'm David Patino. And the photographers are in. Uh, welcome to Office Hours. It's the podcast where we talk about all the things that go bump in the creative night and occasionally what camera you shouldn't buy. So thanks for spending your time with us on another episode. This is episode 12. 12. We've, we've made it to a dozen. Imagine that. That's like a lifetime. I mean, it really is. It's uh, It's been fun, though. Yeah. So far, so <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, right? We haven't guffed it up completely just yet. No. So welcome, y'all. Uh, we were actually just getting started before we started recording. We were talking about all the uh, all the fun stuff going on in our combined schedules or our respective schedules, um, including this being kind of like the busy season. Uh, so, I mean, right, David, like you're in the kind of the midst of all the, the work, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what my busy season is, but if somebody asked me, I would say this is it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's let's, that freelance hustle. Every 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 day is busy. <laughs> let's hope it keeps going. I want more busy seasons. Yeah, knock on like knock on wood collectively. <laughs> yeah, please, please the phone, please keep ringing. Thank you. Yeah, God, I'll take it if I can get it. That's the thing because there's you know there's going to be that slow month, so you just got to say yes to all the stuff when it's coming in. But, I mean let's let's just let's just pretend you didn't say that there's no such thing as a slow month when you are your own business uh your own business owner or you are your own boss like every day is a busy day oh sure i can fill time with tons of shit (laughs) 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 i like to make meetings and uh you know draw on the whiteboard and yeah makes me feel good (laughs) synergy yeah 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 yeah. well you know we were uh we were getting into all kinds of bits of conversation which kind of brought up a really great topic which i think would be awesome to start with today but the idea of printed work yeah um, and you know we've talked about this in the past even on this podcast where like you know i'm a big proponent of like printing your pictures like whether they be snapshots or if they're like professional work like you know i, I grew up as a kid that would go to grandparents and aunts and uncles houses and things like that and we would sit around as a family and like look at photo albums and I think that that's a bit of the magic that is photography that is more or less lost nowadays because totally. I mean, everything being digital, it's like, how often do you go to like your family's house and huddle around the TV and look at pictures from days of yesterday? Like never, it's not a thing. And I think that like there, you know, there's so much fun to be had and there, you know, in that, that shared experience of remember when, when you look back at pictures, it's kind of the magic that makes cameras what they are. And to take that one step further, you know, if, if you're looking at it as an art form, it's like when you go to a museum, like you can look at paintings on the internet, like you can Google like, you know, Van Gogh and all those things and see what they look yeah. like. But when you're there in person, you can see it with your own eyes. You can see the textures. You can see, you know, the the paint brush strokes. You can see the, you know, all of the little things that make the art truly what it is and how it has that kind of impact on you. Same thing goes for pictures in my mind, totally. which you were going on about too. Yeah, I just I, I ended up uh, spending a weekend in, in Asbury Park, New Jersey uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, Danny Clinch, who's like Jersey boy photographer, um, he's a grown man, by the way, uh, not a boy, but uh, he's been doing it forever. And he's and he's got this gallery set up in Asbury Park. And so I went finally had time to like get there. It's been up for like a year and a half. And I, I walked downstairs by myself and I spent like a half hour just walking around the gallery looking at these prints. And for those of you who don't know who danny clinch is just google danny clinch because he has shot every recording artist um for the last 30 years probably um and he has just become friends with these guys and girls and they trust him to come in and just like follow them around and make portraits and whatever and so um yeah it was just kind of an amazing experience to go and see a lot of these in print i've only ever seen them online there's a couple i've seen in magazines um but he has prints ranging from 11 by 14 to, I don't know, 60 inches wide in this gallery. And so, I don't know, I just had like, it was cool to like take an afternoon by myself, walk around and really take in all of this stuff. And then, of course, I wanted to take it all home with me. And so I ended up buying uh, a copy of his book, which then led me to buy copies of other people's books uh, over the last couple of weeks because I found it so much more mesmerizing than just scrolling through a feed and swiping to be able to like look and hold and touch the pages and put it close to my face and see all the little things that went on. Uh, yeah, it just got me thinking like a lot about how my work, uh, gets portrayed 
uh, out into the wild. And I felt bad about it for a minute. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I agree. Because, like, I mean, I talk about how people should print their pictures. Like, you know, you need to. It's just one of those ways of preserving preserving your memories, number one, but then preserving the art. Like, I don't, I think one of the saddest things that I think happens, and I'm fully guilty of this myself, is like, you make this incredible work, you make these things, or you, you make these memories, whatever you want to do. Like, if you're a person or if you're an artist or whatever. And then they just kind of sit as ones and zeros on your hard drive, never to see the light of day. And, you know, occasionally you'll be thumbing through something and you go, oh, yeah, I remember I made these things. Print that stuff, like make that art in your house or put that, make that a coffee table book or buy other people's art because like it's it's culture. Come on, you uncultured swine, like get with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the magic of printing or printed images is that you truly start to see the, the details like the, you know the devil's in the details with the work that we do and mm -hmm. i think it's such a shame that like you know hey i got an a7r3 45 megapixel or 30 whatever yeah. whatever it is and i'm gonna basically make all these beautiful images and i'm gonna shrink them down to you know 1080 1080 by 1080 squares for instagram sure. it's like all of the magic that is that that resolution or that depth like it's lost when you shrink it down to that size yeah not to mention the, you know, algorithm squashes all the color and all the, you all know, whatever. The color, I mean, it's all, all, yeah. It's all gone. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, though, like, I, I'm a little different than you. Like, I, or maybe I'm not, but I, I tend to print stuff. And then the next month, I print another piece and get rid of the, I don't get rid of the first one, but like, I hang it in the same place. And so I have this like stack of giant prints in the corner, but I still leaf through them every once in a while, as opposed to, you're right, hard drives. It's only when I'm looking for archive stuff that I'll I'll kind of sift through old folders real quick or but other than that I don't shit you're right I don't like people come over and they look through my stack of pictures they don't come over and look through my hard drive well and like I used to so I used to print my work a little bit more often so back in the days my past life when I was a, an agency guy I worked like I worked in a really great collaborative space and when we moved to this new floor we got to build it out and one of the things that I had a great like I was able to kind of put in as a piece of like a feedback or a want on the want list was like photo frames, like large photo frames on the walls that were removable, right? Meaning mm -hmm. you could like, you had these like snap frames where you could kind of open up the frames and take the pictures out and things like that. And so I had a rotation of, of giant 24 by 36 prints. I mean, jumbo, cool. these things are huge and I love them. I mean, I, you know, it was one of my favorite, like I try to do them quarterly, get like new work printed and put it on the walls. And you know, it, it's just one of those things where like when you see something that big, you're able to kind of stand back and go, wow, that that's a lot. That was that's great. That's fun work. That was an amazing project, whatever it might be. And I think the, the kicker for me was like what we used to do is the reason that I had asked for frames that were removable. And I got this idea from um, Pete Souza, the White House photographer, because mm -hmm. he does. He used to do jumbos in the White House. Oh, cool. And like the whole all the White House staff would get really excited on new picture day because he would swap out the work. I love that idea. And I was like, this is amazing. Like people can like, it's like a living, breathing art gallery, yeah. right? Like people can walk around and, and I think they can see the work that they've been part of that I've had the ability or the opportunity to make. But one step further was that because they're removable, we had this kind of rule around the office that if you ever are walking with a client and they say, oh, I really love that image, you were supposed to take it off the wall, roll it up and give it to them. Amazing. Because at that point, like the work is, I mean, I've made the work. I can always print another one. Sure. Like, not a big deal, but if it gives, if it brings joy, like Marie Kondo, right. if it brings, if it brings joy to somebody else, then they should have it. You should give it to them. And so it was a pretty common practice that whenever we would rotate out work, we would do like print giveaways. So I'd send an email to the office be like, Hey, if you'd have a client that wants this image, like it's, it's up for the, up for grabs or better yet, if you have someone on tour and they like it, literally rip it off the wall and give it to them because that is the that's the magic of what we do it's like if you're able to kind of spark joy and give give someone happiness through your pictures through your art then then you should share it with them that, and like the you know you really start to pick apart the real the real details of all of your hard work when you see it in large print i, I think these were just like hanging in the hallway somewhere at, at yeah yeah so we had yeah so we had two there was two walls uh one near my studio space um, they were four 24 by 36 prints and then another set of four around the corner. I'm using like magic air gestures. Like I can you can't see, see it. it, but, mm -hmm. and so, I mean, you would be walking around the office and they have all this, you know, great culture -y stuff. And then you come around and boom, 
they're hitting the face with these like four jumbo prints yeah. and they would be rotating out and stuff like that. I, I don't do that now because like, obviously I, my art is pretty much permanent when I hang it in the office now. Right. But the idea that like, you know, if you have a studio space, you know, print your stuff up, put it up there and, you know, and if someone likes it, let them have it, you know, yeah. why not? And it really goes a long way. It's funny. Like I, I only have a couple of pieces hanging in my studio. Um, I, I had nothing for the first year and a half. Or, or longer and it wasn't until recently I just uh, acquired this printer and started printing out stuff like as soon as I shoot it I print it out and and I hang it and then the next time that client would come in they'd be like oh my god that's a picture from our shoot and then the next time they came in it would be something else obviously or you know what I mean it just but it, it it kept people interested in like now I have people who joke with me they're like oh man I wonder like is this going to go on the wall? Like they get excited about it almost, yeah, you know, yeah. like, will it make the cut? <laughs> yeah. You know, or like, and when I'm done with a picture and I take it down, you know, a lot of the time, I mean, a lot of them go into a pile, but sometimes like if I'm working with a makeup artist, I'll, I'll give it to her, you know, and she can use it in her studio or, or in her house or whatever. You know, it's kind of like you were saying, like, it's nice to share that stuff. And that's, that was kind of the whole idea behind printing in the first place is that you're, you're distributing it. You know, you're not just oh yeah hoarding it in a drawer somewhere. It's going out into the world. And so, th- yeah, there's something to be said for that. There's something, and it feels good to be like, oh, you want that? Here you go. Take this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like I, regularly now, like I've had the privilege of working with a lot of really talented people and really incredible clients. And just for kicks, I mean, there'll be days where like, if I'm ordering a couple prints for my personal stuff, like, oh, I'm getting some four by sixes and some eight by tens or whatever. I'll like, I'll splurge and I'll get a couple of like eight by tens or 16 by twenties and I'll throw them in a flat mailer and be like, Hey, you know, so-and-so John Smith client, like been a while, just want to flipping through these, saw this, wanted to send it your way for no, for no intention other than just to have, like they worked on it with me. They should have it too. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm ordering prints. They're not terribly expensive. Like why not share that? You know, they're, they're really not. I mean, in the, I mean, unless you're ordering ginormous prints, you can get away with, you know, for usually under 30 bucks or under 20 bucks, you know, and that's, that's something when somebody gets a print that big or, you know, anything bigger, oh, yeah. like I'm not a big fan of anything less than 11 by 14 personally. No, I like um, them big. Yeah. You know, and, um, but yeah, even that you can get 11 by 14 for, you know, a couple bucks and, and throw it in a mailer. And, you know, so for $20, you just kept yourself in front of somebody's face and maybe gave them a nice gift or something. I, I don't know. It goes a long way. I'm a big fan of like uh, office, like office tchotchkes, like that kind of stuff. Like here, hang this up in your cube. This is fun. You know, like just because. Um, No, I I totally, I, and well, and as far as like art books go, like I, I think that if, if money was no object, I could get very, very much into trouble with art books because, you know, like I, I, whenever I go to like a bookstore, like a Barnes and Noble or, you know, whatever I, I flip. Like I go to the section, I look through like the coffee table book section. Um, and you know, I kind of geek out, like you look through and you see all this really beautiful work and you can kind of touch it and feel it. And I don't know. I think like for the people that I admire, I aspire to, you start to see like where their technical ability and like the equipment that they use, it's like that perfect match of like, Oh, that's why. Yeah. Right. It's like, it makes sense at that point. It's like when they, when you hear things like people that talk about like, you know, medium format fall off right. or, you know, the skin tone, it's like, you, what is that? Like, I don't, it's so hard. Like you can talk about it and you can kind of see it when it's like small, like on your cell phone small or on kind your of. laptop screen small. But when you see it in print, it's like, oh, it screams. That's why. Yeah. That's why that makes, well, that's why that's expensive or that's why that is unique. And that's why people yeah. talk about it and rant and rave about it. It's it's sad that a lot of it just gets kind of tucked away into these little, you know, these little pieces now. Because um, you're right, you don't get to see what's happening. Like if I look at a portrait of a person on my phone, I look at a portrait of a person that I print here. I physically feel different. I feel like I'm looking, you know, at somebody when I'm when I'm holding a print or like looking at a print here. But if I look at my phone or look at my computer, it's just kind of like it's a glossy version of that. And so, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that's kind of going back to it when I, when I got the, the, when I bought that book from the gallery and I, like I, I sat in my hotel room and I leafed through it. It's a huge book. It's like two inches thick. And I just, it's just one picture after another. And then I came home a day later and I went through the entire book again. I've probably gone through it three or four times in the last two weeks. And I, that's awesome. and I can imagine that I will probably go through it again and again, because 
I, I don't know. It just, it, I don't know. It felt, it felt different to me. And so hence now I probably have this new collection of photo books. Cause I've never done this in my entire life. I know guys who like have their studios and they have like cabinets full of photo books. And I go there, I'm like, man, that's so cool. Like you're inspired by these people and these works and this stuff. And I've never had that. And so I guess it's I'm the just original like, Instagram feed, right? Totally. Like, <laughs> it's the totally. original inspo box. You know? Oh man. You know, it's, it's just cool to like, you know what I love doing is like, I have a couple books here that I've gotten on my coffee table in the studio and like, I will just open them to random pages and leave them out. And so every time I walk by it, I have to look at, or I'm drawn to look at whatever image is open. And, um, I find myself like not critiquing it in, a in that kind of way, but critiquing it in a way of like, I will look and I'll look at different parts of it and I'll kind of inspect and like see what they did. And, you know, the more I stare at it, the more I'm, I'm drawing from it as opposed to, again, just like swiping past it. And I think it's like a deeper, like it's, it's to your point. I think it's this magic of, you know, cause I complained last episode about how like we make things and then they're disposable, right? We just, just as quickly as we make them, we dismiss them and yep. it's on to the next thing. Yep. And when you have like a, like a printed art book like that, like it, it insists on itself, right? Like it demands your attention. Yeah. And it's like, this was art that was made to stand for longer than the 10 seconds you look at it. It's like, right. and so analyze it, pick it apart. Like the way that, I don't know, I, I, I talked about this way to, to folks about how I, I see movies now. Like whenever I watch a movie, I usually watch it twice, right? Like the first time I watch it just for pure entertainment value. Yeah. Let me just, let me enjoy this. And then if I watch it again, the second time is usually like, or in further subsequent views is more or less like picking it apart. Yeah. How did they get that shot? Oh, that cuts a little weird. Like kind of understanding where the artists were when they were making this thing, sure. like the DPs and the directors and the cinematographers and the editors and like the sound design people. It's like starting to really get into the nitty gritty of like, oh, that's, that's a great move. Or, oh, that was interesting. Like that's a great, like, file that away for inspiration right, right. for another day. <laughs> And, and I think that art books are very much the same way. It's like you, you can look at it and you can see it on his face as, oh, that's a beautiful image. But then you can start picking it apart and go, okay, what was, what was the artist asking the talent to do? Or what, right. what was the artist striving for when putting the light in that position? Or, you know, and I think that there is, there's something magical about that. Absolutely. Um, and I think there was like, there was a book. So I, I'm in Atlanta. And um, Zach Arias is a photographer here, photographer here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Super talented dude. Um, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him a handful of times. Incredible guy. Um, like, couldn't be nicer. And he has a book where he printed a, he printed a book called the Photography Q&A. So he had like a Tumblr blog where you could like, I think it was a Tumblr, you could like ask him a question and he would answer it. Okay. And he had, he had like thousands of these, like uh, over a thousand of these things. Oh, cool. And he put them into a book. Like, so if someone would ask, how do I get this? And he would like answer honestly and like sometimes they were like pretty direct and pretty straightforward and <laughs> um it's an incredible book i think it's a really fun read like as far as like fun photo books go but he's got pieces where he print like he's printed some of his work in there and so it's like it's an incredible book i honestly think everyone should at least like pick it up and look through it but when he first released it he was doing this really awesome thing he was going around to like all the barnes and nobles and other bookstores that carried it in atlanta and like signing copies mm -hmm. like like mysterious, not like sit down at a table, everyone line right. up and come out. I'll, I'll come, but like he would like walk into a store while he was in town, like in a section of town, find the book, sign it, put it back on the shelf, and then walk away. <laughs> and so, like you know, you could you could be like walking through Barnes and Noble, I'm like, oh, there's this book, let me take a look, and it's like literally signed in Sharpie from the dude that wrote it. That's awesome. And I think that's like that's so freaking cool. Like it's like just this little this little hay there oh, from. Yeah you know, the artist that you're helping support from the person that, you know, took the time to do this work. And I, I don't know, I think like, if I was to ever author a book, which I probably never will, because that <laughs> takes incredible patience and hard work. I would, I like to think I'd be that kind of guy. Like I'd write little inscriptions for like, whoever finds this, right? best of luck to you. <laughs> you know, you, you feel like you're, I know that it's a mass produced book, but like you somehow, or I somehow feel like I'm holding a portfolio of somebody and it's more special than just a mass produced book. Yeah. I, that's how I feel when I look at some of these, you know, some of these books and, and it's funny because when I bought uh, the book at the gallery, the guy who sold it to me was trying to find a, a really clean copy, a really nice laid, you know, flat laid copy. And, and he went through like two or three of them and, and he was like, Oh, let me see if I got anything. And I was like, Oh, don't worry about it. I was like, I'm going to 
tear it apart probably and and look at it and dog ear it and like I'm going to use this book use as, you know, yeah, like, absolutely. I, like, yes, I want it to be perfect and I want it to be nice as nice as possible, but I'm going to really thumb through it. And so please don't go crazy looking for a perfect one because I'll beat it up. And I think that's, there's a utility in that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, that's the way I feel about my prints too. I don't, I don't, I baby them for the first week and then I kind of, you know, they're there to be used. And, and if I want to make another one, I can, I, I don't feel like my legacy is going to be made in, a print. I think a print that I make is a, is a utilitarian item. It's there to, to serve a, a purpose of being purpose. looked at and being handled and being, I mean, one of my favorite things is to, to touch a print, which is a huge no, no. I mean, you're not, you don't touch the artwork, but like, I don't know. I love to just like run my hand across it and feel the paper and feel the, the stuff. And um, yeah, it's a very tactile, a wholly tactile uh, experience for, for me at least. Oh man, if you've never had your stuff printed on Art Rag, for yeah. those listening, like spend the money, print one of your favorite pictures on Art Rag, and just like revel in the awesomeness that it, that print is. Yeah, it's it's a completely different experience of looking up your stuff on a MacBook monitor. <laughs> and I think I don't know, like if and I I know that if you go to if you went maybe maybe this is the the all saving grace of going to art school, like they make you make portfolio books. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't, I don't know how many people today make portfolio books. I honestly think if you like, you should. Like, yeah. if you are, if you, if you truly want to appreciate your work, like if you have the feeling, the soul crushing defeat of like, I don't like any of my stuff. My work is not very good, <laughs> which is something that I kind of handle all the time. Everyone's familiar with that. That listens to this show. Take the time, spend the effort, like really, really, really do this exercise and make a book for yourself like design it in indesign you know send it to a printer and high res like all that stuff and get it printed on really nice like art rag or like photo paper and then assemble your book like do the actual act of putting your own book together and like really doing that exercise and you will feel a crap ton of pride for the work that you do absolutely because because like to your point when you said you were holding someone's portfolio it's like you are holding all of the work and sweat and tears and emotion and all that crap that you went through to get that work done. Yeah. You're holding it. That's it. Yeah. That's the tangible thing that you busted your tail for. And like, I don't know, like I, I have this, like I have these like soul crushing moments where like, Oh, my work's not good. I wish I could be better. I wish I could be David Patino, whatever. And then like <laughs> I printed my book and then I look like I run through it. I'm like, you know what? Like I'm so much better than David Patino. I'm okay. I'm like I'm like one I'm like one eighth of David Patino when I was zero eighths of David Patino. No, but like you you feel like this this, yeah. this satisfaction of like, yep, that's what all of that hard work looks like. And yeah. it, it it's a good it's a satisfying feeling. So if you haven't done this, if you're if you've gone your entire prof- like professional or semi pro or whatever photo journey without printing your work and kind of reveling in your own your own hard work and sweat, like do that. Yeah. And it'll be, a, it's amazing what you'll feel after you flip through it. So I, I also like, there's, there's a lot of people that are doing, um, apparently like the photo zine is a, is a, it's a thing now. It's a, a lot of people are printing their own, their own little magazines and selling them for, you know, 10 bucks online. And I, I've seen a number of them in the last uh, month or so that have blown my mind. And I've started ordering them because because I feel the need to, I feel the need to like support a fellow artist and tell them that through an exchange of $10 that they should keep doing what they're doing, even though I'll never meet them and I'll never know them probably, probably. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these, some of these people I've, I've found on YouTube or, or on Instagram and they're like, Oh, I got the zine for sale and it's, it's 260 images. And I'm like, you put, you put 260 images into a book. That's like a lifetime of stuff. Like, God, good for you for doing that. And like, I want to support that kind of stuff. And it inspires me to kind of, you know, to do something like that or something in the same. And so, yeah, I love the idea that like people are like printing out these little, you know, zines now and like selling them and people are, it's like this whole like little sub network of people that are trading them online. This isn't quite a zine, but um, this got me thinking like the whole idea, which I think is incredible. Number one, let me just get that out of the way. That's amazing. If you do that, heck yeah. Awesome. Um, thank you for furthering the art and doing your your part. Number two, um, it got me thinking about this photographer that I follow. His name is Tyler Sharp. Does incredible outdoor, like 
it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. And recently, him and a couple of handful of other collaborators have created this thing called the Modern Huntsman, mm-hmm. which is like a, I can't really quite explain. It's like, it's like a magazine. It's like Garden and Gun mixed with, you know, long form photo book. It is, it's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. And I think they sell like limited copies, but like it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, I'm looking it up right now. It's absolutely yeah, stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And it's like, it's big. It's like, it's a lot, it's a big book. I mean, it's, it's a, a lot ton of work. Words, I'm, too. Yeah. Like they have incredible write like content, like people write stories to go with the words and they explore these like really like this newest issue that's coming out um, in May. I'll read the, I'll read the description. So I do it somewhat justice. <laughs> um, our third installment explores the nuanced and complex relationships we as humans have with wildlife, as well as the circumstances in which we're required to help restore balance for species at risk of disappearing. So like, this is, that's a meaty subject. I yeah. mean, that's deep. And it's like this perfect, like this incredible marriage of beautiful imagery, beautiful photography, and absolutely incredible wordsmithing. It's crazy because I'm looking, I, I, of course, I dove right into their Instagram feed immediately. And and the work is beautiful. I can only imagine how much more beautiful it would be to hold it in your hand. And in your hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry. I know it sounds like romantic and stupid, but I don't know, man. There's something to be said for it. Honestly, if you can't, but if you can't get on the romantic, the romanticism that is art of photography, like put your camera down. Well, I mean, (laughs) look, we can all be cynical on this stuff. We, you know, Lord knows we both do it enough, but like there is a magic in this art form, right? And like this, this is it. This kind of stuff is it. And, you know, I mean, like if you look like anyone that's looking, that's pulled over their cars and is looking at this Instagram, you know, Tyler Sharp and or modern huntsman whatever you're looking at like this work is beautiful on a screen just imagine it printed in your hand yeah it it yeah it's leaps and bounds i actually um, i saw a um uh years ago i saw a joel myrowitz exhibit in new york um and it was they were all like i think 30 by 40 inch prints so it caught my attention right away right away uh because i love big big stupid prints and but then i started like walking through this this makeshift gallery and looking at all the stuff and spending a lot of time looking at it and one of the things that was incredible about it is that i couldn't i had this moment where i couldn't really figure out what what year everything was shot it was a collection of work between like the late 60s and the 2000 and knots area and there was just cool pictures that it was like wow is that like a really uh well-dressed gentleman portraying a 70s character or is that an actual shot from the 70s and to be able to stand in front of it you know these giant prints and really dig into them and like look at all the grain and you could see the i don't know there was just another it was just another example of like hey man take a step back from your work you know maybe print out a couple sheets of paper I don't care if you just tack that shit to the drywall around your house like even that does something to you and it it makes you look at the stuff in a different light. I've seen Joel Myrowitz's work forever, but I had never seen it like that in print. And it, even though it was pictures I had seen before, it made me stop and look at it for a very long time and in a whole new light. And so, you know, I think that in especially, I'll be that guy, especially in a world where flooded images and blah, blah, blah on Instagram, like just taking a piece and hanging it up for a second makes you think differently about what you do. It's almost like, I mean, a, a good like comparison is how you think about like printed mail today, mm-hmm. right? When you send someone a, a letter, there is so much intentionality behind that. Yeah. Like it's more than just an email or a text message, right? Like, cause you fired those off a dozen at a time, but you took the time to sit down and write a letter and you put it in the mail and you, you know, you waited and all that. So it's the same idea. Like you take a million pictures, you take hundreds of photos a day, right? Or like billions of photos a day for the world. And to print one out, it's a statement. This one was special. Right. This had meaning. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty romantic thought. Yeah, I know it kind of sappy, but like it's, but it's real, you know? I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling that way, especially, especially when it's your work. <laughs> Because I think what we all strive to do is to produce something that we love, even if just for a minute. Th- that's the goal. I mean, that's that's why, like, when I finish a shoot now, I print something the next morning, unretouched usually. Just I print it to get it out because I know that in three days I'll probably hate it. 
Yeah. And so if I can get it out quick, it makes me think differently about it. I don't know. Like I think about like I'm looking I'm like looking around my office and I'm looking at the prints that I have hung up. Um, I have two prints, one color, one black and white, one 16 by 20. And what's the other one? 24 by 36. So they're big. And they're both from the same exact like they're literally image like, you know, 001002 JPEG. Right. Um, it was in and I made these in 2009. Spokane, Washington. I was like walking. I had like I worked in a very different job at the time and I used to like cam like cameras. I was very much like Mike um, Martin right, from right. our last episode. Like <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, I have some time. I'm going to go like when I was still in love with this thing <laughs> and I would walk around and like I took these two photos um, of this outdoor amphitheater and like it was with my Canon 40D, you know, 12 megapixels, not a lot. And I look every time I look at these pictures, I think about like where I was, not just like location, but like where I was at that part of my life, you know, like, yeah, I don't know that, that now we're getting deep, but like, it's that whole idea that like, it takes you back to like, not just location or a time, but like a mentality, a, a state of mind, a yeah. state of being like, I can, I can remember exactly what I was thinking in my head when I made these, I was, you know, I was kind of just in awe. It's like, this is, this is where I am. I'm a young guy traveling and like my job has taken me here and that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Anyway, but like, yeah, print your work. Everyone just print your work. Print it. And buy other people's prints. Yeah. I will say that like, I think printing like the, the work that I've printed over the years, I think it has had an indirect of like tie to the quality of my work. Mm hmm. Like, I think that when you print your work, especially the larger you print it, the more you can see your your technical faults yeah. as a photographer, as an artist. You can also see, like, your technical faults as an editor. Like, if you do, like, deep composite work, mm -hmm. um, like, if you spend a lot of time pushing pixels in Photoshop, print your image out, and you'll see that, like, oh, when I cut that corner doing that pen tool lasso or whatever, like, doing that selection... I shouldn't have right and i think that when you see it when you're able to kind of i don't know like put eyes on it it's like oh that's why i need to take like that's why i take the time to do it and do it right yeah or you know like when i expose for something like that's why pushing the shadows two stops is a bad idea you know what right. i mean or three <laughs> stops whatever it's like you know like when people talk about like oh just underexpose it and then throw a filter you know throw a a, a visco filter or you know yeah. i'm not dissing visco visco's great thank you guys for all that you do <laughs> but like when when the idea is to underexpose and then push it in post which is not a bad thing at all depending on the medium but mm -hmm. like print that picture large format and you'll start to see why it's not always the most sound strategy right like you'll start to see things fall apart and i think for me seeing my work printed large um very much identified areas that i needed to improve as a photographer like from a technical standpoint hmm. um i think like i printed i did some architecture imagery for uh, a big uh, a big client here in atlanta like commercial real estate and i did this what i thought was a beautiful beautiful stunning black and white you know, I had the tilt shift lens and I got all technical with it and I straightened up all my lines and I like did some great work with the skies with an ND filter and some, you know, blue filters and stuff like that. And I was really, really proud of it. Like super proud. And then I printed it jumbo and it's like, Oh, <laughs> okay. So now I can start seeing like when I pushed that or I pulled that slider, like that's what that really did. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, like, when I went into the next one, I was very cognizant of, like, what I was doing. Like, oh, yeah. I can't push this too far because that's going to show up somewhere. It, it might show up somewhere. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It, it probably like, well, won't, and, but you never know. <laughs> you never... Well, and that's funny because, like, I, I did... I, another client I had the, uh, the pleasure working for was the World of Coca-Cola, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm totally name-dropping. <laughs> Sorry. Good. But, like... I did this this really great photo. I'm I'm really proud of it of the front the front of the of the attraction. It's this beautiful. The sun's coming up over Atlanta. It's really really stunning, and I was really proud of it. Printed at 25 by 36 in the office. It was a hit. Fast forward, uh, you know, six months later from that time, like I'm walking through the exhibit, like the the attraction on another shoot for them, and I see that they printed this thing as like 
a 32 by something, whatever foot, not inches, feet. Oh, wow. So like it was the size of like, like a big, like half a wall. That's like it was, it was huge. It was like 36 <laughs> feet tall, like 30 feet tall type of situation. I'm like, Oh, um, <laughs> and, and like all the, th- all the little things that I hid really well in my, my composition and edit of the 24 by 36 inch print completely were obvious in the 24 by 36 foot. Always. So it's like, oh, okay, now I need to go one step higher and like cover my CYA for the bigger print. I don't know. (laughs) Um, All that to say, like, want to be a better photographer, print your stuff. It'll change how you see your work. It'll change what what your work means to you. Um, And buy other people's art because like you want perspective, you want inspiration. Do that. Yeah, that's that's where it's at. I think that's huge. I think I think supporting each other and and looking at other people's work in that sense is massive. Probably more important than any other stupid thing you or I have said today. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Barnes and Noble, get at us. Uh, <laughs> throw you some foot traffic. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I was thinking actually, there's a photographer that I know you follow. I mean, I I followed for a long time. Um, that I think. I've seen their work printed in like a bus station, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the little bus shelter thing, um, which it looked incredible. But like his whole body of work would be amazing. Is Joey L out of New York? Yeah, I know well. Um, he sells prints now, by the way. Does he? On oh, his there website. we go. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go buy some. I'm going <laughs> to see if I can afford one. Um, but like the way that he lights and the way that he he gets his talent to really engage with him, it's 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 unreal. It's completely un- it's it's just amazing and. I've seen some of his like his commercial work for um, what do you call it like Nat Geo mm-hmm. and stuff like that on like bus stations and stuff like that. Yeah. It looks fantastic. It really like it. He really extracts all of the awesome out of those medium format bodies. Yeah. Or backs. Um, but like. Yeah. His, I mean, his whole body of work is insane. He's got a feel. Especially the, I mean, he's got a beautiful yeah. feel to everything. Um, he just did this whole uh, series. He went to um, I'm going to. I'm going to butcher this, but he went overseas. I believe he was with like a bunch of Kurdish fighters, freedom fighters, I want to say. Um, yes. And he went there for months and he made portraits of them. And and that's a, a lot of what's for sale on his website right now. And I know he did a whole book about it and um, the book actually got screwed. It was being printed in Japan and, or sorry, I'm, I'm going to butcher this again. It was being printed in China, I believe. And uh, they ended up like, having to put the kibosh on the whole thing and shut down the entire printing operation because the Chinese government deemed it to be bad in some way. And so, really, yeah. So this guy had like put all this work and effort in and kept saying like, Oh yeah, the book's coming. The book's coming. Thanks for pre-ordering. And then they had to basically start from scratch. Um, but, uh, but, but what's cool is that uh, first of all, I think interesting fact is that this guy issued some some major beautifully ad campaign type stuff but he also just goes and shoots for himself um and when he goes and shoots for himself it's not always just like oh i took my point and shoot it's like no no no. i packed up my phase one i brought my two friends we put five foot octa in the back of a jeep and we drove four hours and made some portraits of these interesting people in the middle of nowhere like that's incredible like that's a level of i'm into this as a hobby (laughs) and more Mm -hmm. so than just a job than most of us will ever get to um you know and i think that that a lot of those photos that he's producing deserve to be printed and a lot i know a lot of his commercial work i've seen lately is printed wildly large uh very very large we're talking like side of building type stuff um and and even at that scale it it like just barely does it justice (laughs) There's so much happening there. There's so much feeling and detail in there. And, uh, you know, kudos to him for for being able to pull that out of life and put it in the back of a camera because it's not that easy. No, I mean, absolutely right. I think for me, what what I got, what kind of got me onto him was he did this, um, he did this work in India with holy men. Yeah. Years ago. And like it, oh man. Yeah. I tell you, like I still, I look at these images today and I'm like, I need to be better like that's incredible like it's just it's it's not just it's not just the lighting it's just the way that he engages with each of these people it's it's different you know and that was um, him just uh going to india yeah by himself i think incredible. that's what put him on the map I, if i remember correctly 
He went for like two he months also, and did this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like it's it's stunning. I mean, it's stunning work, and I think it stands up to this day. It's like the 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 techniques are relevant. It's like it's completely. I don't know. It's timeless, right? Like I feel like you look back at some of these art books and do you ever think that when they were making like when these guys and these girls were making this art, they were making these photographs, they thought this is what's trendy now for now. Right. Right. Like, cause I don't know. I look at it and I go, no, that's timeless. That's right. stuff that like will literally never go out of style. Like yeah. it'll always be just beautiful work. Yeah. A good portrait will last forever. Yes, absolutely. Timeless was the word that I couldn't get out earlier, but that, but that was it. When I see a lot of this work, it is, it's like, you don't know what decade it was taken in and it doesn't matter either. And, and the fact of the matter is that same picture could have been taken, you know, that same picture could be taken 500 times over the course of that artist's life. But it's that one that gives you that feeling in that picture, that picture gives you that emotion. And it was that moment that day and that, you know, it's, it really comes down to that, again, that romantic uh, idea of photography which is like this is literally a fraction of a second of time and here you go here it is you know it's the only mm -hmm. one that exists and and yeah it's cool that the camera does 16 frames a second now but like it's way cooler when your camera does one frame a second and you're able to get that there's something to be said for that there's a, there's a a lot that goes into it um and i'll i'll say it i'll go on the ledger there's more that goes into that than goes into shooting 16 frames a second no doubt. Well, and I'll, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll kind of back me up. Catch, probably catch fire. No, I, I agree. No, back I agree. Up. I agree. Like, because I, I, looking at this body of work and looking at, like, thinking about some of the art books I have and some of the work that I've always admired, like the Avedons and stuff like that, like, it's, it's, like, it's not completely, like, we talk about techniques a lot. Like, I think what's really big in photography circles, like, if you're an aspiring pro or you are a pro or you are in the circle of, like, you watch the YouTube videos like it's always about like a technique or a style or a thing that you can do to your pictures to make them great. And I don't know. I think I look back to some, I look at these and I go, there are none of these filters. There are, you know, there's none of this, like it's, it's, it's basic exposure triangle, right? Like it's, All right. it's, it's shaping light the right way. It's working with your, with your, your talent and, extract like extracting something that means that's powerful that means something yeah and those those are not those aren't those aren't visco filters visco no. still love you <laughs> those aren't you know those aren't like film grain looks it's not like dirty faded noisy mm -hmm. right and so i don't know i think my takeaway from that is instead of always trying to think about what's on trend think about what's timeless yeah Think about what's not necessarily going to be relevant and enjoyable to look at today, but tomorrow and next year and 50 years from now. Yeah. And, and also realize that you may not always know that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Well, I think back like in 50 years, what are people going to say about the photos that we've made today? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, I'm trying to think of like some some cliche stereotypical things that are kind of in the the photography circles right now, but like like remember when like when HDR was like new ground, mm -hmm. right? We look back at HDR mm. in its early days and we go, oh my gosh, like why did we ever think that was great? <laughs> but like that was a thing for some like people flocked to that. They made that a thing that they actively tried very hard to do and do, I guess, well. But I look back at HDR imagery today and I'm like, ugh. That looks it's really just, ugly. Yeah, it's not that is not that is not dynamic. Like <laughs> it's so, everything but <laughs> but dynamic. Yeah. So I don't know. I think like today, like when the like I, this is a great exercise for me now, because now I'm gonna do this and stay in my own head about it. But like the work that I make today or tomorrow or the next week or whatever it is, like how do I how do I stick to the simple, stick to the basics, and focus on not necessarily like technique, but focus on subject and content. Yeah, and feeling. Right. Yeah. It's because not a, that's the. It's not about how many lights you can put up. Right. It's not. It comes down to that's, the subject. That's exactly because that's like that's what's going to stand the test of time. Yeah. It'll be that timeless thing. Yeah. I always I, I get bogged down with the especially like uh, having a studio here. I get bogged down with like um, 
because I see the same space over and over and over again, right? I, I think it's, I think it's mundane and normal and every day. And then, you know, somebody else will come in and be like, well, the space is great. Or like, it's not till I travel somewhere else that I'll be like, wow, look at this location. It's so beautiful. And then somebody else is like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I drive by it every day. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's all that perspective of who you are and where you are. And I think that, you know, understand that what's interesting to you might not be interesting to somebody else, but more importantly, vice versa. What you don't think is interesting might be really, really interesting to someone else. Like I've done a bunch of really dumb jobs where it's like, hey, shoot this entire company against a white background, right? But out of that really simple two light setup on a white background, there are interesting looking people to me that now reside on my website because I like the look that they gave me and I like the work that we made together and the portrait that we did. And no, was it my most technically achieving moment in life? No, it was two lights and really simple, but, but what came out of it was a pretty damn cool portrait. So I like how we've come full circle on the whole idea. It's like, basically gear doesn't like, again, gear doesn't matter folks, you right. know, uh, like why, if you, if you have 17 octoboxes, do you really need that many? I mean, sometimes maybe you do, yeah. but, maybe you Usually don't not. <laughs> <laughs> um no i i absolutely agree um <laughs> man we got deep on that one that was Ooh. printing yeah print your work um cool it's funny because yeah, I, I when i travel with my wife and and we go to like whatever las vegas and you're going to see a show and they're like can we take your picture and i you know everybody just says yes take my picture when that show's over I am the first guy at that table with a $40 whatever being like, okay, I need to buy those pictures. I have a collection of like awful portraits of my wife and I on vacation and I can't not have them. She actually took them all a couple years ago and put them in one big frame. It's a beautiful frame, but it's one of those like, oh, it's all these different shapes and pictures and like <laughs> it is to me, it is like, yes, because I don't bring my camera with me a lot of the time when I travel and I don't print a lot of my stuff in life in general. And so to have that moment where I'm like, oh yeah, we went snorkeling or whatever the hell it is. Like I, that is more important to me than anything else. And I know that my memory is going to fade, but I know that that picture, as long as I take care of it, will be around forever. And I think that, you know, it's okay to get deep and romantic and sappy and all of that shit. Agreed. 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 It's funny. Cause like you, you mentioned like snapshot pictures, um, my parents, they're, my parents are uh, on two different wavelengths, like, you know, <laughs> but they do this one thing that blows my mind. It's, it's kind of funny. Like whenever they send me like a birthday card or a holiday card or whatever, most times I'll also get like, like a four by six print, Crazy. like from the photo out, like old, old, old like stuff, 1980, like with the inscription on the back, 1989 Easter or whatever. And so I think my parents are basically just slowly piecemealing me photo albums. Right, right. <laughs> like, we don't have room for this. It's yours now. We're just going to mail you one photo at a time. But in so a really beautiful no. way. You get to enjoy it yeah. for like, yeah. Not well, and I have, <laughs> and I have them, I have them in, 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 in the space over behind me in my office. So like, good. Yeah. It's like, it's me blowing out birthday cake candles when I was like <laughs> four and, you know, riding a jet ski when I shouldn't have definitely been riding a jet ski. It's like family <laughs> stuff like that. But like, slow like the romantic idea of like yeah these are moments frozen in time and these are this is you you know yeah um yeah Ooh. Ah, wow art is a beautiful thing guys thanks for being part of it yeah um all right let's talk cameras all right uh ready it's you yeah go ahead we're gonna talk i i, I pitched the last one to you but we're gonna do Wait, something yeah yeah I, uh you pitched the last one to me actually yeah you yeah, pitched the last one so. to me. yeah okay so i will pitch to you and we're gonna do it a little bit differently this week I want you to tell me what your favorite camera of all time was. Oh. Because you've been shooting for a long time. Favorite camera of all time. Hmm. 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 Oh, man. I can't. It's really hard for me to pick one because they. So remember how we <laughs> talk like cameras to me are like emo, I have emotional ties yeah. to them, which is why like I held on to them far longer than I should. That's and okay. They are basically worthless by the time like I'm ready to get rid of them. Damn. That's a hard question. I have a varied answer. My favorite camera, very favorite camera on a technical ability, phase one P65 plus. Mm -hmm. 
incredible full frame CMOS, like the first real like medium format camera I ever got a chance to use. And like the work that I shot with that, I love it. It still stands up today. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's like when you say medium format is the, is the thing, right? That's what it, I I saw that like, yes, you think of that. I, I want my work to always look like this. (laughs) Um, so from a technical ability, that camera, um, real quick, just one card slot. So Yep, yep, totally. Just one. Okay. And actually a really sh- crappy Firewire 400 connection. No, 800 <laughs> connection. So like it's slow as molasses. You never get anything <laughs> out of that thing. Uh, it's a piece of crap, <laughs> but it's a beautiful piece of crap. Yes. So yeah, okay. Uh, all phase one stuff. Crap, because it only has one card slot. <laughs> so there you go. And and from a non-technical standpoint, give us your, your favorite overall. Polaroid, uh, easy, easy step camera. Ooh. I still have it. It's like it was like the the camera for me that like kind of not necessarily the one that started it all, but it was it's the fun one, right? Right. Because you when you're a kid, you you press the button and the thing pops out and you you shake it, even though you're not supposed right, to. Right. It's actually very bad, <laughs> but you shake it because they tell you to shake it. They being like you know whoever's older than you at the time. And um, Andre three thousand yeah. and big and, boy. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Andre. Thank you, Outcast, for that m- wonderful gem of pop culture. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you have instant memory forever amazing that's like those are two I, I love how you picked like literally like the instant <laughs> like the worst possible camera yeah, and like, like the easiest cheapest camera and then you went to like you know a fifty thousand dollar i could have said the 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 what do you call it the polaroid 110 yeah like the ones that had the strip film yeah and they had these impossibly awkward like like you had to load it like it was you had to load the cart like they were the flat cartridge, cameras yeah, yeah. Those are fun. I, I had a those. bunch of those. Yeah. I like those. I've had a lot of cameras. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of cameras. <laughs> I still have a lot of cameras and I, I three, I still have a Polaroid because it's emotionally attached to me. I can't get, I can't get rid of it. Well, that's the thing, man. That's, you know, all right. Well, I guess thank you for joining us on this emotional journey today. Yes, uh, we definitely got deep on that one. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to us. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend because who doesn't love the love of art? Um, because we know you do. That's why you stuck around. <laughs> um, the Office Hours podcast is produced at the Tannery Studio in Stanhope, New Jersey by my friend David Patino, Katie Lantuck, and occasionally I help out. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to us and we will catch you in the next one. Thanks. Peace. <laughs>